0: Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off a roll of twenty-sided die. I'm Jordan, and I am Cody. How's it going, Cody?
1: Well, I'm glad to have had my work schedule calm down and my just my life calm down enough for at least one day for me to record this. Cause whoo, whoo, we missed some weeks there because of Cody. Cause my life went fully bonkers.
0: One week was vacation, and the other two weeks were um. Life just being bonkers.
1: Yeah, that was Cody got sent to a project that was tough, but done now. Oh, on my
0: side, you know how I was getting sick after the end of the live show? Like, I was like, uh, starting. Oh, like, yeah. I was feeling a little horse. Yeah, I'm still technically sick. Did you have mono? No, it was, it was a cold that turned into a lower respiratory infection that turned into bronchitis. Dang. Yeah, so I've been messed up for three weeks now.
1: <laughs> it no, sounds like it sucks
0: oh it does i've been like this weekend was awful because mel just got sick and so and the um medicine that gave me to help with all the stuff like knocks me on my butt completely so like literally we went to breakfast and we came back and we took a nap <laughs> and that was our weekend and then we hung out with this movie I went straight to bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes that's nice. You just are like, okay, we're both exhausted.
0: Bedtime. <laughs> and then this morning, we went to breakfast, came back, took a nap, and then I went home. He's <laughs> like, man, we are getting old. Our hanging out time is taking a nap.
1: Hey, you know, that's okay. Sometimes you need that.
0: But in here, Cody, the other thing that, like, the reason that we I was gone one of the weeks was I went down to New Orleans to hang out with our dear friends at instant three play the ones who did the outlaw alabama the um satanism episode and the jojo's roundup episode with us well with me so yeah been on three episodes it was great to actually hang out and like chill with some of the coolest people i've met so yeah they were great we ate way too much food
1: i was gonna say like all things being honest i think i'm more jealous of the food than i am of the people which is probably a horrible thing well honestly
0: when i talked about visiting new orleans like for a second time because i went when i was a kid and this is the second time i've been there but i told my mom I was like i'm really going mostly for the food it's like yeah we'll do some sightseeing and stuff but i'm mostly going to eat stuff and I did. I ate a lot. It was all good. I don't think there was a bad meal in there. Except for, oh, Ryan made me mushrooms because I hate mushrooms. I tried one of them and it was terrible.
1: What? You don't? Okay. Well, we'll talk about your hatred of mushrooms at a later date. Hatred of most
0: things. Let's just say that.
1: So wrong about mushrooms. They're gross. Um, they have
0: a terrible consistency. They smell. D- have you? Have maybe I? Maybe
1: he's just bad at cooking mushrooms. No,
0: he's he, everybody's bad at cooking them then. Because every you know, mushroom I've had is disgusting. Jordan,
1: this is just a really important question. How did he prepare the mushrooms for you? I don't know. Saute them, if,
0: technically, I guess.
1: Well, okay, that's basically the right way to cook mushrooms. But you saute them,
0: right, though? The thing is, it's not... I can tell you, honestly, it's not his cooking. I just hate mushrooms. Period. No, you know what? End. I'm
1: calling no. whoever that is, Why? whichever you done one even, of
0: them. You done I'm even. calling him out. You cooked mushrooms bad, and you ruined them for Jordan. But it's anyways, no, they. I have... Anyways, they were brewed before. Anyway... Why are you gonna? You say don't say bad things about our guests and fans, and then you're like talking crap about like dear friends.
1: <laughs> well, this is this is my way to try to get them to come back on. That way, they feel like I've like thrown shade, and they need to come on to defend themselves. This isn't a diss track. This is world shop, you idiot. This is how I make friends. I make fun of people until they feel the need to attack me. I mean, that's, that's how, that is
0: honestly like how we became friends, to be quite honest.
1: No, I think it was because I sat next to you in physics class yeah. and went, hey, was your name Jordan, right? No, and no, no. We you sat friends. next to me
0: in calculus, and then you just made fun of me during our calculus laps every time until finally we just hung out.
1: That's not how I remember it. We yeah, because you remember it wrong. In physics. And
0: we also sat next to each other in calculus, and we're in calculus lab for the entire year together it worked well, on every single lab together do you want to know what i did
1: my senior year when i was a super senior and i had fully stopped caring about school you also hung out with me well i did because you were also a, like a half super senior Yeah, I, I,
0: I did the half year you did the full <laughs>
1: the kid that I was in uh, one of my labs with, we had to do lab reports, you know, and it was like these really dense Excel spreadsheets and I would spend 100% of the lab formatting them with ridiculous bonkers colors, so I made one of, like, I mean these are Excel spreadsheets that he had to print off, and so I would make the whole thing various shades of pink Okay, well, anyways And then he couldn't print them because they were all pink and he could only print in black and white so when he printed them out they would all just be gray okay so i just want to say this first (laughs) cody i spent a year trolling this poor guy
0: cody you're an actual idiot but second thank you um ryan alex and carlina instant three play for having me down in new orleans and just having just a great fun time we also crushed an escape room because we're that good i forgot you're like a savant for escape yeah rooms, right? i have now done i think 16 of them
1: One like six. you can't do a calculus lab to save your life but somehow you can do escape i rooms. carried
0: our group thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, we're not we're done that, we're done talking about our personal lives cody what have you been doing recently
1: okay jordan there's a couple things worth bringing up the first one is Jordan. Have you been watching The Mandalorian?
0: Um, I haven't gotten Disney Plus yet.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I've been watching The Mandalorian. I'm gonna talk about you and literally everybody else
0: in the entire effing world. They had over yeah. a couple million subscribers in one day. Everybody's watching The Mandalorian. I really don't care because everybody's talking about it. That's why. Well, I don't so
1: care. here's here's what I'll say here's here's my thoughts on it and this is like not spoilery stuff one i got disney plus for free two they're releasing the mandalorian a week at the time because disney plus is the most sinister thing that i think will ever be created
0: Um, yes it's extreme it is feeding off of people's nostalgia by the way well of course it is
1: i mean it's disney that's like what they that's like their bread and butter uh that and buying other more creative things yeah but the, I'm sure their goal here, because what everyone does right now with streaming services, like all the random ones that there are, is basically they'll spend five bucks, they'll subscribe to CBS online for a month, they'll watch all of Star Trek, then they just cancel it. Yes. Um, so what Disney Plus is doing is making it to where one... They're giving it away so many different ways that like Mm -hmm. it's really easy to get Disney Plus. Like I'm not paying for it right now, but what they're gonna do is get me hooked.
0: You will be paying for it in either seven or thirty days, whichever Uh, path. Oh no, a
1: year! I get it for a year for free. Verizon. Verizon. Yep. Um, but there's that, and then there's also the fact that they're releasing The Mandalorian a week at a time, which is like their flagship show means that you can't cancel the service after a month you have to keep coming back every week and seeing all their other catalog of super cool stuff that they want you to watch
0: get this get this get this you wait you watch as many shows as you can and then you cancel it then you sign up with a different email account and different credit card for that seven days you watch as much as you can and then you cancel so everybody's talking about the mandalorian we don't have to talk about the mandalorian
1: Okay, well, so I, I read a book called A Darker Shade of Magic, and it's, it's one where I like I owe an apology to a friend who I I said some really hateful things about you that book. You said it
0: to Caitlin, I'm guessing?
1: I, it was Caitlin. Duh. I think I screamed friend. about, like, U.S.-United Nations, or United Nations, U.S.-United Kingdom's relations for, like... 25 minutes because she dared to mention that book and a character in it has a british accent and i just like went off the deep end
0: you are the worst you like yeah listen to this crap he says cody everybody's like oh cody sounds really cool he's not cool he's the worst he's an awful person jordan I I challenge you to tell me
1: one person who has said that I sound cool.
0: A couple people who listen to the show who have reached out to me said that you sound cool.
1: Did they reach out to you to compliment me? That hey, is a guess. Dick what move. Cody?
0: People can't reach out to you because you don't use the email or the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should know that. <laughs> it's like, how are they going to reach out to you unless you give your personal email?
1: Well, I mean, if you want to compliment me, I'll give you my personal email. I mean, uh, anyways, shoot. so you
0: read darker shade of magic. <laughs> So I read a darker shade. There's a of British magic. person did it, so you hated it for the longest time.
1: It's about three magically linked
0: Londons.
1: All right, all right. Yeah, it's hard to get into that for me. I
0: hate London. Yeah, you hate London for no reason. What it is
1: is that they I think I hate they're better
0: than us. <laughs> they I are. Everybody's hate- better than us. <laughs> The Look at un- us. We're fat and lowly.
1: Well, no, what it is, is that there's like a certain time in British culture that everyone has decided is the best. Like what it is, is that Victorian England is the same thing as the Wild West. It never existed. And the version of it that did was garbage. And everyone has just decided that was the best time in English history, so all English... And when I say English, I mean, like, British. Yes, specifically British. All British fiction has to be about that time and set in that time when everyone was awful and British society was a nightmare. But... Everyone also wants to be like, yeah, but it was pretty cool, though, right? Like, no, literally none of it was good. I actually think all of it's deplorable. I think the okay. nobility is awful. Ugh, sh- but, you know, so the problem is it is set in that time, but that that is only really at the beginning of the book that you get any of that, like, Victorian flavor. And then the rest of the time, it's actually a good adventure story. Really so. quick,
0: I'm going to send you a picture and tell me that this isn't Edward Elric. He's wearing a red coat, has blonde hair, and wearing black under it. And tell me that's not Edward Elric. They stole from Metal Log. Yeah. That's okay, Elric. I see yeah, it. That's 100% stolen from. Fulmer.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's
0: magic, and it's a dude with a red coat and, and blonde hair and black undercoat. Come on.
1: Well,. And it did something else that I like, which I enjoy when your heroes have limitations a little bit. Like, uh, like they try
0: to raise their dead mother and they lose an arm and a leg? Well, no, honestly, Edward Elric is
1: pretty much a, a pretty straightforward power fantasy character. Like, he fails at becoming God, but everything else he pretty much succeeds at all the time, yeah. forever.
0: No, because he gives, also the best he gives fighter. up his power in order to save his own brother, so you know Yeah, what.
1: that's a pretty deific
0: move if you want to okay, look at, Cody, like, the Christ metaphor. Hey, hey, Cody, how about you not make fun of my favorite property of all time? How about that? Before I freaking quit this Your podcast. favorite
1: what? Property. Oh, I thought you said prophecy. I'm like, there's Is- not a full metal... Anyways... <laughs> I'm Space. sorry, I misunderstood you. <laughs> and also, yes. Um, No, but so the the main character is like a wizard, right? He's he's a magician. You're a wizard, Harry. Uh, but he's not like a fighting magic guy. He's just I can do magic. And so whenever he squares up with a wizard who's good at fighting, he just gets killed real quick. It's like wow, Uh, I lost that fight very quickly. And he teams up with a, um, like a kind of roguish woman. Of course he does. Who's like a thief and cor- stuff. Course.
0: And then they fall in love.
1: And um, the thing is, if she's in a fight where people can, are looking at her, and there's more than two of them, she loses the fight. You know, it's like, I'm only good at backstabs and running away.
0: So basically D&D rolls.
1: Yeah. Between the two of them, neither of them can fight. It would be like, what if a first edition D&D wizard and rogue at level one tried to go on an adventure? Oh, they both almost die a lot. Like they are barely both alive. So I like that it has that tenseness to it because your hero's not good at fighting, and there are people that are, and it's just not him. So I, it was is a good story for that. It—it it, it had characters that were weak in some ways, which I think is compelling. Okay. So Jordan, what have you been into? What you, what you been about?
0: Oh I don't have enough time to talk about it because, as usual, you talk too much. <laughs> Jordan, you can take all the time you want, it's man. My podcast—I can do what I say. Anywho, I don't listen. I don't have to listen to you. No gods, no masters only jordan
1: i don't understand what's happening anymore <laughs> okay so there's jordan what okay, have you Cody, been watching been recently
0: three weeks so i've been actually doing a lot um i will tell you shamedly i did give up for uh give up on dark souls for the time being because i've honestly gotten so mad at ornstein and Snow. <laughs>
1: you you quit on ornstein and Snow. i gave up
0: for the time being i'm going to go back but right now i'm just so because there was multiple times when i was like at least three hits away, and then some crap happened and I died. Jordan. And it
1: made, like, it was that just it literally,
0: it made me so mad because it's like, all I have to do is land three more attacks. I've been doing great. I haven't used any, like, any of my five S's that I have left. Whoosh! And I lose all my. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Jordan, I get, I get caught on the pillow more or, or he hits me twice with the same attack that's really hard to dodge. And so I can't freaking smoke. Mega smoke is a, a lot of words, okay?
1: Here's what's not up, Mega am uh,
0: Sorry, I was fighting Mega Ornstein. Mega Ornstein.
1: Oh, you should be fighting. Mega No, Mega Smo.
0: Smo. Just that freaking lightning body slam that he does is just so frustrating. And he hits. He hits like a brick in the first round. And taking out Ornstein takes a while. And he hits like. A, and Smo hits like a brick. So I go for Orn. Go for Smo first and fight Ornstein. Because actually, Mega Ornstein's really easy. It's just. That la- I always get caught in that last three because I get excited. But anyways, I'm not talking about that. I have way too much to talk about. Okay, so one thing I've been playing, um, Untitled Goose Game. I want to give it another shout-out. Well, sorry, I gave it a shout-out on different podcast, But give it another shout-out as just an absolutely, extremely fun game where you just get to be a dick to any and everything and have fun with it. So, yeah, Cody's not paying attention.
1: What? I'm paying really, attention. Really, Cody, what did I just mention? You were talking about the unnamed goose The Goose Adventure. Unnamed Goose Stories. Yeah, really, huh? The Goose Story
0: where you get to be mean to everybody. Good catch, Cody. You're doing amazing at this. Jordan,
1: that's actually pretty close to what (laughs) you're talking about. uh,
0: Goose, yes! But yeah, no, Untitled Goose Game, the art is fun for it. It's an extremely (laughs) good game, and I've just been enjoying the crap. And then the other thing, uh, it's a lot of games, I just recently got death stranding the hideo kojima game that everybody's been anticipating for a year i will say oh yeah it hmm it is a game i will say it is a video game it has the right to exist as a video game and i like i like it i like what i'm playing but there are some issues with the gameplay, like the fact that there's been multiple times that I've had to backtrack a lot just to like progress the story, um, and literally walk in-game seven miles, seven actual mm. game miles, to deliver a package. And it's just like, I, I like it. It's that kind of convoluted sci-fi that I love, and kojima always does a really good job with like directing these games and just beautiful beautiful scenery amazing so far confusing but amazing storyline and just some really cool game moments in there and i i like it but some of the gameplay is just like so much so much back there's there's a lot of backtrack. what type of game is it's a third person rpg i would say um it's mostly based on delivering packages from you're trying to connect America as you go across to the west coast and you're pretty much delivering packages and i don't have a problem with that like one of the things they say is like a lot of americans don't like it cuz it's not just a first person shooter that's not what i have an issue with i like the gameplay i actually like the fact that you can literally trip over a rock and f up your whole entire day i like all i like that part of it <laughs> but the fact is that, like, this most... I'm not going to spoil I anything. Mean, this most mission I had to do, I ran all the way up from, like, the south, all the way up north to the mountain range. And then you have to go all the way back down and then go all the way back up again. Of course, you can fast travel back, which I did, but then you still have to run all the way back up. And that... It it, t- it takes a lot of time. Th- that's, like, a 40-minute, like, section of the game where I'm doing all that walking. But I, I will say there's... There's some really, really good moments in the game, and there's some. And I, I do really, I love Kojima's work a lot. But
1: what other games has um, he done? Has he done anything? Metal that Gear of? Solid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yep. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think all of them, except for Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs>
1: There, there's the one <laughs> because they, they fired him and they, they
0: they um Konami fired him, and that's when he created his own company and um created this game because he's like, you know what, if you won't have me, then I won't make my own amazing game. and He's he, he did a good job, I will say that, but yeah, um. And then other than that, I've been listening to a lot of new music recently and that's that's been fun.
1: Anything anything worth sharing, Jordan? I'm I always interested in new music.
0: No, I will send it to you after the show because I don't know if you would be into this, but um listening to Japanese rock again and there's this artist, Haru Namori, who is amazing. She's it's like almost spoken word like rap rock, but it's not it's not as bad as it sounds. I will send it to you because it's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs>
1: no jordan i do like the idea of you listening to spoken word rap though in japanese just like i have no idea
0: what they're <laughs> right, saying <it's> really good <laughs> but this is um, great here, i'll send you a song because you're gonna listen to music while i talk anyways so i'll send you a song
1: right now i'm listening to britney howard stay high of course
0: stay high cody stay high. okay i send it to you and now cody the lovely time when i'm done talking and i get to do this to you every week oh, this, is an, easy, this is an easy one. Jordan, this is an easy know. one This i don't know cody i don't know well, I ask don't what was last week, Cody? Jordan, last week,
1: I was in terror. Okay,
0: what was three weeks ago, Cody? This is an easy one. Uh, it was our live show, Cody. Man. It was literally the live show. Um. Blah!
1: Was that... That was there Vampires.
0: I'm yeah. not giving any more hints from now on to the end of the show. And I mean, like, the end when we finally just quit doing the show because I don't give you any hints anymore.
1: Okay, Jordan... This song that you sent me literally has subtitles that I cannot read fast enough. Dude,
0: it's such a good song though. I really like the song. Everybody listen to her and Mori, she's great. Namuri? Namuri. But she she's fantastic. I love her music. Uh, I've gone down a big hole of that music in um, a couple a few other Japanese artists and then started listening to the artist Him. But she's also good. That's American artist. She's great. I'm gonna be seeing her in concert in March. Um, back down the road to taking back Sunday cause I saw them live before our last live show. And yeah. Any Cody, since you are just not paying attention to me anymore. Oh, <laughs> so Cody last week was vampires. Yeah. What is this week? Jordan, this week is the floor is lava. Not, I mean it's, you can't build on the ground, but.
1: Oh, well you sent me subtitle. The floor is lava.
0: What I actually sent was: I mean, for the future reference, it will be highlighted in the roll chart. But tomorrow is you can't build on the ground world, i.e., the floor is lava world. I.e. means for yeah, example. So I made the
1: floor is lava.
0: So you just completely. Yeah, t- I don't know how you try to twist this. It. Like no, 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 no. I typed this up. You can't twist my words. <laughs> so now we're gonna have pretty much the same world. Anyways, Cody, do you want to go ahead and roll for initiative? Uh, I do. Oh, I, I, I <laughs> don't have a d20 in front Nat 20! You lose, which, regardless.
1: Oh, well, I, I guess I'll roll, but that just means you have to go
0: bam, first. Bam,
1: you know. bam! 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 Um, Are you doing shoot fingers at me? I rolled a <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so this is a real quick aside. Um, I, We started, for Wandering Gamer Network, we started playing Star Wars Ooh. as like a, a seasonal... Simply Star Wars because we a like, bunch of thing. nerds! Yeah, so we're doing a Life Day thing, and in the Star Wars system, if someone gets a crit, then you roll on a crit chart to see what horrible injury that person gets. My first roll of the game, I rolled a 100 on the crit chart and broke Zach's leg. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was just like first swing of the game. Zach, your leg is destroyed. You can't walk anymore. I just wrecked your world. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa, that did not go well at all."
0: Okay, I don't know if we came up with for any rules. If I roll, well, if we rolled um, a crit, I think we might have, and I forget what it is. So I'm just gonna go ahead and start reading my world because I don't
1: care. I'm I'm fine with that.
0: So this is I'm fine. um. You can't build on the ground, slash, i.e., the floor is lava world. So this comes from Corin Boro, the leader of the Sky Knights. God. Oh, no. Jordan. Well, one. Sorry burnt you. I was for you burp the night, and then you get mad at me for something. It's like you just created one of the biggest offenses in podcast history. Uh, I'm gonna leave this in, but I'm gonna bleep out your burp because it's disgusting.
1: No, Jordan, i really world. i really. That's why I said. That's why I meant.
0: I should have even said "Force Love." Because I know you don't pay attention when I talk, and you just do whatever you read last. <laughs> i just saw yeah Bloor's like i am like, do okay. whatever you read last it's <laughs> just like oh my god man <laughs> you kill me you literally kill you kill my freaking soul <laughs>
1: okay jordan go tell I me about the I sky Knights that like, i fun definitely don't or have a fun my story world. i want to
0: do because i'm so mad at you right now anyways this comes from corin borrow the leader of the sky Knights. yay here we go for another crappy episode so you want to become a member of the sky Knights, huh you seek adventure and want to go down to the ground below well you'll need a bit more than just strength and a gutsy spirit in order to become one of the sky knights. I realize I'm reading way too fast. You make me you make me You're so good. mad, Cody. <laughs> you make me so mad. I don't why would you even put an <laughs> example of because, your world Because you I wanted to give you some sort I don't know. Why am I nice to you? Why am I ever nice to you?
1: I don't I honestly don't know, Jordan. I don't okay, know I'm gonna to
0: start over because we talked way too much in between. So you want to become a member of the Sky Knights, huh? You seek adventure and want to go down to the ground below. Well, you'll need a bit more than strength and a gutsy spirit in order to become one of the Knights. You need to know everything about this world, both above and below. You can't go in blind or else you'll be taken down easily. You see this city, Vintarius, wasn't always floating on the wind. Our people used to live on the ground in the continent Terrace. We set up our homes and our cities down below. We had everything we needed trees, animals, and flowing water throughout the land. Things were peaceful on the ground. We got along well, but then things vastly and significantly changed. From deep within, great fires burst forth and the mountains erupted with lava threatening to drown us all in fire. We took what we could and tried to move away from the fires, but it seemed that the the whole world was experiencing this. Hope seemed lost and our leaders thought to just give up and let the fires wipe them up. Wipe them out. I'm so mad at you, Cody. Hope seemed lost, and our leaders thought (laughs) to just give up and let the fires wipe them out until Alexandria Corvos, creator of modern science, discovered something fascinating. With the heat rising from the fires and mixing with the cool air blowing from the surrounding lands, areas with powerful updrafts were created. Alexandria thought, why run on the ground when we could take to the skies? Every week... I threaten that this is the last episode of World Shop. (laughs) This might be the last episode of World Shop. (laughs) Using the updrafts, Jordan, it just
1: really depends. It really depends what your knights fight. It really all hinges on what your knights knights fight.
0: Using the updraft, she directed the people into creating structures that would have wood bases and be lifted up into the air freely by cloth. We took everything we could from our towns and built these structures. These structures were easy to make with Alexandria's instructions. They stretched far and wide and soon we took off into the sky, floating above the burning world. These floating platforms became our new homes as we took every single material that we could reach and brought them above with us to build. Alexandria led in creating the new world in the sky, increasing our technology to make it easier for us to stay afloat even if the updrafts were to die down. We made propellers that spun fast, keeping us in the air. And Alexandria created devices that would take in hot air from below to power our cities. (sighs) I am so mad. I am so mad. I hate that I stop in between every paragraph just to say that, but I'm so mad. (laughs) The fires died down a little, and the lava hardened black, but the unbearable heat still came off the ground. We would never be able to return to our land below. The volcanoes still erupt occasionally, and the earthquakes would split the land from time to time showing its red interior like a bloody wound. But despite the heat, some of the life below continued on. Which was good, of course. Being so high up in the air, we still needed supplies. Alexandria instructed us in creating manual-powered gliders in order for us to return to the ground. Pedaling with our legs to spin a propeller, you were able to direct the glider anywhere you wanted to go. We collected what we would need to continue building i can't read but you keep giving me these freaking looks we collected i'm minimizing i'm I'm minimizing you you because i can't look at your stupid face we collected what we (laughs) would need to continue building above but there was still more area to explore to the east was the great ocean aquas it was completely untouched by the fire though it did seem like deep below the ground did burst open heating the waters This made it easier to hunt for food as the fish below would rise to the surface to escape the heat. In order to continue our way of life in the sky, the number of exploration groups expanded greatly. But then something we weren't expecting happened. People began to disappear, never coming back to our sky city Ventarius. Thus, in order to protect our numbers, Lex Imprin, second in command, decided to create an elite team of knights to act as security in the explorations. In order to travel down below, sky knights were needed to protect those who were collecting supplies. But the sky knight's main job was to continue to survey the land in order to discover the source of the dis- of the disappearances. So, quick explanation: above ground, this world is on its way to being a very steampunk slash steam powered world. Um, it's not like it's not like your like steampunk as you see it today with everybody with these like weird top hats and like all these weird metal gadgets and stuff. It's not that kind of steampunk, but is. St- Tell me about but, the no, goggles. No, there are no goggles, but it is a steam-powered... society. Actually, there's probably goggles because they do fly through the window and gliders and they need to protect their eyes. Pretty but it's but it's not poking, like yeah. the top hats yeah. and the weird suits and stuff. It's not that steam-powered. It's steam-powered. So they are figuring out science through um, Alexandria Corvo's, be- but because of the situation, most of the science is, of mm-hmm. course, steam-based, as I explained. Anyways, Cody, let me hear your first part as you completely just read what I wrote.
1: Okay, so I'm going to say... I think fortunately we did not do the same thing actually. There there are some similarities there because usually are. Said the floor because is lava. You just you
0: write at the last minute and then you're like hey Jordan what did you write here let me steal your idea you copy my, time, you copy my homework basically. Well, you know I asked you what the topic was I'm and for I'm going to tell you, you, you the wrong topic. Me. Because it is I just don't know why you said highlight now would send me. every time in the roll chart but I'm going to start telling you the wrong topic okay. when you ask me and then I'm going to laugh at you. So Your turn.
1: Know the sublime, friends. Spread your arms and soar through the ether. Have you ever known such beauty, soaring through mist and vapor, rolling and rolling, like multicolor oil and water? Heat is the paintbrush on an abstract canvas. Avon was a planet like any other until the bubble popped. The bubble, as it became called, was what the Avons called the large pocket of superheated water that they discovered at the core of their planet. Basically, no sooner had science advanced to the point where Avens could begin to learn about their planet and about their place in the galaxy did they discover that there was a ticking time bomb at the center of their planet in the form of this giant pocket of boiling water just waiting to erupt. Years and generations slid by, and the bubble was a constant. Everyone knew about it, and everyone talked about it. Lots of people said it had always been there, so why worry? Other people speculated that it would end the world next week. Eventually, most scientists agreed that the bubble was expanding and heating. They postured that this would cause magnetic disturbances, migratory issues. But for most Avens, the bubble was in the back of their minds. Not worth panicking about, Then one day, without any warning or preamble, the bubble popped and the world ended. Kinda. The change was slow at first. It was landslides. The earth liquefied, then it boiled. This happened in pockets, then grew over time. Habitable zones gradually shrank. The ether formed. A thick, semi-buoyant blanket of vapor that formed above Avon. The elements that were absorbed by the mist as it escaped from the core gave it a shifting rainbow effect. The ground heated and boiled, rock melted, and the once green and blue planet of Avon turned into a red burning field of lava that coated the e- That What was that, Cody? Cody? And the once green and blue planet, Avon, turned into a red boiling lava field coated in the ether. So, the main thing to take away from my
0: geography you know, section is... Yeah, it's because you told me the first lava, why would you You say literally it? could have easily read the rule chart on your own. And came up with your own thing. But you just decided to read. I didn't know you started Oh my god, do you want me to read the text message where I literally said that? I mean, for future reference, it will be highlighted in the roll chart.
1: Yeah, but you said that to me about this world that I asked about. I didn't know
0: you started. But tomorrow is, you can't build on the ground world. I.E. I a separate message, Cody. You can't get away from Blake. I thought
1: that that was part of the title. It's Okay. No, but there is something different. So I like I like my idea here about the ether. So then my the notion of my world right is that way, way, way back before basically the society that I am writing about before their history, um this planet Avon was just like a normal world, whatever, but they just knew about this time bomb in the center of their planet. But since it was water When it finally did burst and rupture, it meant that there were tons of gases released into the atmosphere. And it basically made everything kind of more buoyant. So the ether became this kind of miasma that hung around the planet that allowed for all of the technology that I'm going to get into later to exist. But I like the idea of it almost looking like an oil painting. That's kind of like what my description above looks like, is that looking into it, Because of all the like elements and rocks and minerals that all this vapor would have escaped through, it creates this like shifting, shimmering pattern of all these like luminescent kind of, I guess, phosphorescent? Anyways, all of these like different colors that shift through the mist. So I like the idea of it being like very beautiful in a way that it is also horrifying. I want the theme of this to be very sublime, which is taking kind of like sublime is like i think sometimes described as a good thing that's not exactly what sublime means it's kind of horror at nature is what sublime is supposed to be talking about so standing on the top of a mountain is sublime because you realize how tiny you are and how vast nature is that's the point of it um it doesn't just mean like really good um anyways (sighs) i wrote a paper about the sublime in college it's something i'm geeky about so I like that being kind of the words, backdrop Cody's of this, a nerd. this very sublime, almost horrifying, but also beautiful, natural thing. I'm glad thing. I got
0: mansplained of what sublime means.
1: How did you get mansplained what sublime that
0: we, that we means?
1: No, Jordan, it's not mansplaining, it's explaining. <laughs> it's a word that is commonly misused. It has a specific meaning. I thought it was worth pointing out that specific <gasps> meaning. You...
0: Started this recording by saying, well, not the recording, started, started me like setting everything up by saying, oh, I'm specifically trollish to you. And I decided to throw it back. <laughs> X going to give it to you. Anyways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect use. The <laughs> lamest way to Perfect say use. X going to give it oh, to you. Oh,
0: quote. Come on. Come on, you know. We we have fun. Just uh, X <laughs> gonna sure, uh, give I'm, it to you. I believe that uh, X is gonna give it to you. X is going to give it to you. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> say going to give hey, it to you. Hey, we're a bunch you. of nerds who try to pretend to be cool. Come on, that's what this podcast is. And uh X is going to give it to you, so X is going to give it to you.
1: Anyways, new soundtrack for me doing this world. No, 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 you need to, to keep listening it to Howard DeMory because
0: she's freaking amazing. Oh, man, but nope, she's great. Nope, she's... nope, 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 Anyways, okay, for Afana.
1: Jordan, wait, I need to tell you something You're a nerd? about myself. When I type oh, in no, oh, no, oh, x no, gonna give oh, no. it to you, no, oh, no, no, no. two things pop up it, for the autofill. Like one is X going to give it to you, spelled the way it's spelled in the title. The other one is X is going <laughs> to give it to you, Google which means to our I typed in. in the Skynet. Skynet. No, 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 no. That means I typed that in. It was suggesting oh. things that I've typed in before, which means at some point I went, "I want to listen to that X so is going to give it to fun you." Me
0: and you literally, <laughs> and you literally did it. I did the in did a same Oh my gosh, you're the worst. You are the worst human being I've ever met. Yeah. Okay. Also, yep. this episode is just going to be titled "Listen to Haru De Mori. <laughs> it's like We're gonna plug this Japanese artist who doesn't know we exist. Anywho, flora fauna. Cause you know i actually follow the rules okay gonna try to get into the character <laughs> i was once like you starry eyed and looking for adventure so i joined the sky knights but was completely disappointed when i was assigned to the food acquisition team i wanted to be on the exploration team either going out into the land of fire to see what survived or going out to the waters to find treasures on islands or underwater caves that led to mystifying jewels Again, I'm minimizing you, so you could wave your hand all you want, but you're not going to interrupt me. (laughs) You're bouncing around to that song, and it's just killing my soul. (laughs) But instead, my job was easy and pretty boring. We would assist the fishermen in collecting fish, guarding them from any danger that would appear. You know, I was the one who came up with the idea of stretching a net between two gliders, then flying low above the water, catching any unlucky fish that was close to the surface. This greatly increased the amount of food we brought in for every run. There were many different types of fish and other sea life. We caught them all. Amongst the blackened lava that fell into the ocean, many shellfish would gather, and the fishermen would pick them off and bring them to Selvar, the platform that cooked f- and distributed all of the food to the rest of, f- of Ventarius. Some of the older folks missed eating land mammals, but unfortunately, we weren't able to bring any animals above with us. The only things that survive the heat are some lizards, insects, and amphibians that have adapted. Some trees still grow around around areas where the heat is lower, providing citrus roots for us. But we take our focus to the waters in order to bring back food and other supplies. In the sky, we do have small farms that we have cultivated from seedlings that we brought with us from when we fled. Anyways, it wasn't long before I got bored of the water of the water runs and decided to use bigger nets and more men in order to bring in more food. One run, we were dredging up tons of fish and suddenly something caught our net. It dragged down the other three Sky Knights, but luckily the net snapped before I was brought down as well. And then I saw it, a giant red-eyed sea monster. It took a swipe at me, but I was fast enough to steer my glider away. I took a shot at it with my mounted crossbow, but it plunged back into the sea, letting the bolt pass over its head. From that day on, there were more reports of sea monsters. This had to be the reason for the disappearances. More weapons were created for battle against these monsters, and the Sky Knights trained even harder, making it so that only the strongest could join. I rose up to the top of the Sky Knights, seeking revenge for my friends who were killed by the first sighted monster. Soon after the battle started, we noticed something. Among the monsters was a tribe of ocean people who guided them. They would fight us too. They never talked, they just ready their weapons, and fire projectiles from their boats. Some of the other knights claim that these ocean men have declared the sea as their own, and want to drive us from it. But the Sky Knights will fight back, not only to survive, but also to strive. One day we will rule both the sea and the air. And that is my second part.
1: I, I like I like what you're doing with your world.
0: I do want to say I love how you stop being annoying when you think I minimized you. I just want to throw that out. <laughs>
1: uh no it's because i'm listening to dmx but anyways (laughs) um anyways uh no i like what you're doing with your world because it's like our worlds are very similar but it is kind of like a bizarro world where it's just like a little bit different you know what i mean there's like a lot of similarities but then it's just like oh that's kind of like a different way to do that i like that it's different
0: i'm glad that we still think differently even though we are a hive mind
1: (laughs) yeah well yeah yeah (laughs) Anyways, section two, flora and fauna. The Avens did not falter during the apocalypse. Thankfully, they had time and they acted quickly. Once it became clear there was no way for the, that the surface would survive, the the Avens ensured that they would save all the plants and animals that they loved. What? Did you name them Avens
0: because they were in the air? No. <laughs> okay. No, because no, I do something. No. It's not because it's supposed to sound vaguely like okay, Avian. Okay, I mean, I named my air city Vent. Ventus or Ventarius It literally took it from Ventus, but yeah, you know. And yeah. named the ground terra yes, and I named yes, the ground yes. Terra to take it from Terra. And the I, I basically named this planet And I named bird, the water and the ocean is- Aquas. <laughs>
1: Aqu- yeah, I was gonna make fun of you for that, but then I was like, my planet's called Avid, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Anyways. Um so ba-ba-ba. the Avens ensured that they would save all the plants and animals that they love to eat. The, so, the decision was made that edible ecom- edible ecosystems needed to be designed. An edible ecosystem is a carefully tailored, small-scale e- small ecosystem made of only edible plants and animals. Oh, so, without any Avon interaction, the ecosystem would continue to balance out. Um, so, if ignored, these... Sorry, that was clumsily written. So if ignored, these would continue to function. It was perfect. a Self-sustaining gardens ripe for the picking. As soon as the ether formed, hanging gardens were constructed and suspended and allowed to begin to grow. This would ensure that the avens would have food once agriculture on the ground died off. What they did not expect was the birth of dragons. It turns out that a very specific breed of lizard had a few things going for it. One, loved the heat and had thick skin. <laughs> Uh, genetically predisposed to have wings three lightweight bones four hostile predators five venomous they became colloquially known as dragons but in truth at that time ta- at the time the bubble burst they were just large flying snakes <laughs> that were poisonous however larger jaws and the ability to survive in Lava hot conditions meant something very close to actually actual dragons soon developed. This was possible due to the hanging gardens that were basically defenseless piles of food that the avens had suspended in the air. The dragons are a threat to avens, but more importantly they are a threat to the food. So my idea here is that the avens kind of shot themselves in the foot when they just made giant unprotected like herds of like you know how like feedlot animals are like weirdly fat and impossible and cannot defend themselves anymore or like certain plants grown in captivity if they're not sprayed with the right pesticides just die like that's basically what the avens made is these perfect gardens of like chubby pigs and big giant juicy berries and no defenses because they didn't think they would need it and then dragons started just flying up and ripping all these hanging gardens (laughs) apart because they were like oh just free food and nothing to stop a predator these animals were designed to be harmless you know these very fake ecosystems basically provided enough food for one very angry predator to exist became known as dragons although really they're just giant flying poisonous snakes That's what a dragon could is, be the pretty worst
0: much. thing as a well giant flying yeah lizard, but poisonous snake same thing
1: well, but, also, but I, I love mean, how like, your
0: hate for snakes like are comes, dragons poisonous? No, not all. Not all are dragons, dragons no. poisonous? Some. You know, some of them. Some of them. No, but I just I love how your hate for snakes and whales like always comes out into worlds. It
1: does. It does. I really don't like snakes, and the idea of a flying snake is terrifying. Did you know there are yeah. flying snakes, dude? You're talking to yeah, the that's snake that's... guy, of course.
0: Ugh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> dude. Uh, uh, snake. Uh, <laughs> Don't like I don't like want to just try to, like, pull the whole, like, our bit of me loving snakes, but snakes are beautiful um, creatures, and I love them so much. Mm. Like, it's, mm-hmm. that, it's not a bit nope. I do really like snakes. They're really cool. And it's not
1: a bit I believe they were cursed by God to have no
0: legs because they're evil. I and mean, and that is an actual true belief of they were um, cursed by God to not have legs, but, you know. It's truth! It's not
1: truth, Jordan! That's why they got no legs! I don't like them! I I, I want to
0: believe that it's a parable and not an actuality because I love snakes, but, Mm, you know, mm, some people want to hate mm, what's beautiful.
1: I just, I'm very uncomfortable with snakes. Anyways, Makes um, me so mad.
0: You make me so mad. You're you're like bizarro me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this world's bizarro your world. What I wanted to highlight with this world, too, is that things didn't change all at once and that they did have time to try to set themselves up for success. Um so this wasn't necessarily apocalyptic in a horrible way, but it was apocalyptic in that it was a large change for their society that had to be dealt with. But I think it's interesting to think about how they might have actually dealt with that to set their future society up for yeah, success. I get it. And then how things can still go wrong; hence, they accidentally made dragons.
0: Anyways, that's fun. I, I do love those like worlds where they accidentally make the thing that's killing them off. <laughs> yeah, I do. love it. It's like it's our fault. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's our fault. But yeah, no, I I I love that trope. It's like your monster kills you. Anywho, society history from Celia Waterstorm, Aqua's high priestess. Yeah, because I have to. I always have to have some sort of priestess or religion. Um, we will hear some... I'm just curious. How much does
1: God <coughs> hate your world in this world? Because God's going to have an opinion and it cannot be it's positive.
0: positive. God always hates everything in my world.
1: You know what? I'm going to write a world next week. I don't care what the prompt is. God's going to be in it and he's going to be really happy That's, with okay, what's you know going what? on. I was
0: going to replace... On the roll chart, I was going to replace this one with... Um, superhero world again since that episode never got recorded but i'm gonna do a god loves you world
1: god god's actually okay
0: with what's going on <laughs> man that's gonna be a hard one to write for me because i love melancholic worlds man and the most melancholy thing is when your god hates you <laughs> 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 so anyways celia waterstorm aqua's high priestess we were here since the beginning but unlike those on tatters we took to the sea the open ocean was the only place where a nomadic group like ours to truly be free. We traveled far and wide moving to wherever the wind took us until finally we bound our boats together near a small island and created a city above the ocean. We did not live on the island, instead we traveled to and from there for supplies. Soon we became one with the sea. The waters would guide us and the fish would provide us food. We prayed to the god of the depths, a queen, thanking her for the blessings given to us. A queen would guide us to new worlds, and we would own them freely, as those on Terrace own their lands. We did not just take the gifts of the ocean that a queen offered. We prayed to her and gave up our own goods in the form of sacrifice in order to continue pleasing the ocean goddess. She would supply, and we would praise her. But one day, the ocean shook violently, and we felt the waters heat up. This pushed the fish closer to the surface, and then something else. The ancient ones of the deep... They came seeking asylum from the heat, but when seeing us, they blamed us for the disaster and sought to destroy us. So we fled back to Terrace. We were surprised by what the land had turned into, a jagged black rock with volcanoes spouting smoke amongst the blue sky. We sought out what could have caused our world to be destroyed. Days avoiding the monsters and sailing around the black mass Terrace led us to the true cause of our pain, the Terrans. They decided to divide their God and the laws of this land and take to the sky. Abandoned, their God must have sought vengeance and tore the world apart, unleashing great fires to cleanse their sins. They were never quite like us. They never praised their God. They didn't offer up their lands and their lives and their lands to it. They instead used the land as they saw fit and eventually abandoned it, wanting to rule the sky instead. If we had left the ocean, a queen would have punished us for our folly, just as we expected their god, Mudar to punish them. Upon this revelation, we surrendered to the sea monsters, throwing sacrifices into the ocean to appease their anger. We prayed deeply to a queen so that she would help explain that the Terrans were the ones who caused this. We were not the reason for their pain. To prove our pleas, we guided the sea monsters to Terrace so they would they could see what we saw. The Terrans were trying to defy a queen and take over her domain as well. They were sailing into our ocean and taking as much as they wanted, not giving thanks to the ocean goddess at all. The Terrans were clearly seeking to become gods themselves, owning the sky god AR and the ocean goddess queen's domain since they could not own the ground that belonged to Mudar. The Terrans stole our fish, dredging up anything their nets caught, They defiled the remnants of our islands, our ocean shrines, and temples that we let float free to appease a queen, and they even stole our treasures. This angered the Ocean Ones as well, and even though we cannot directly communicate with them, we formed an alliance with them. We would attack the patterns on sight, driving them from our waters. Our true goal was to bring down the Sky City and rid the world of their evils. And that is my society history. Or really a deep dive into the yeah. ocean people.
1: I, 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 we we almost did the same thing, okay. but we didn't. It, it was close. I, just, like a couple of decisions and we would have written the same world, but it is different. <clears throat> I do want
0: to throw out why I came up with ocean people is because I was listening to the band Ween and the song Ocean Man came on. I'm like, yep, Ocean Man. <laughs> i <I'm> like, fine. <laughs> And then, no, of course, fine. I got stuck you in my in. head the whole entire time when I was um, hanging out with Instant 3 plays. Ocean Man.
1: All right, here we go. Society history. First section is the flying cities. Avens took to the sky slowly. The surface of Avon deteriorated, food became scarce, and the population dwindled, mainly due to a sharp decline in life expectancy and in childbirth. All of this was planned and necessary. The ether thickened and the first cities were hung in the sky. The thick ether meant that minimal passive buoyant measures were needed to keep the cities afloat. Many were writings on up currents of steam, as you had talked about, um, that came about from the bubble bursting, while others used inflatable hot air bladders. Either way, each city contained enough people to keep breeding from be- to keep inbreeding from becoming a problem and enough room for fluctuations in population. Cities were either formed on or near large hanging gardens. Society adjusted and splintered. The unspoken rule of the ether was to take care of one's own city. Trade was not needed and was therefore rare, as was conflict or communication. Even civilization paused as the world below melted. So basically, this earliest part of history after the bubble burst, um, society kind of stopped in a lot of ways. People were just surviving. And all of these cities worked, but almost in a horrible way, which meant there wasn't anything pushing people to do anything other than survive. They were well designed. Like the hanging gardens worked as a source of food, um, populations were small enough that they could be controlled without like horrific measures but it did mean that a lot of growth was kind of stunted because of comfort in this case. Like, the people that survived survived something horrible, but then everything kind of paused. Um, earlier on, I mentioned that when people were living on the surface there was a sharp decline in life expectancy my thought for that is that i i kind of don't i'm trying to imagine a world where living in uh ethereal like heavy metal vapor (laughs) would not mean drastically shorter life
0: heavy metal vapor
1: Well, the reality is, it's like what's like the most prevalent uh, element on our planet. It's like freaking aluminum. It's like you should not breathe aluminum constantly. You should not breathe a high concentration of water constantly. So realistically, people were kind of ill as a result of that. But uh, I don't know. That's just kind of something I thought is maybe it would take, like, people a while to adjust to that, so there was a dwindling in life expectancy. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Uh, my point is, there's a lot fewer people now, but there was never never a moment when society was like, we have to kill, like, half our population or we're all going to starve to death. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> Just cocks the pistol, <laughs> okay, guess I gotta do this. <laughs> right. Um, okay, my next section is Whoa! called the Sublime Dragon sure, Slayers. Like, next section, section, or... The, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. This, this oh, okay. Is broken say, it's into like two you're parts. you're skipping me. That's never happened before. No, no. This is still this is still really early history. This is not current society right now. The Sublime Dragon Slayers. The largest side effect of life in the clouds was sublime horror. Each day, looking out of looking out on the sky that surrounded the cities could either drive people mad, make them physically ill, inspire poems and songs, or in some cases people would jump off into the ether in the ether avens were just shy of buoyant if an aven flapped their arms real hard they would still fall but very slowly however if a small lightweight aven strapped some hastily made wings to their arms and flapped their arms really hard they could actually fly this had two effects one People taken by the sublime would often fly out into a living oil painting and dance with heat and color. I'm gonna take it again. This had two effects. One, people taken by the sublime would often fly out into a living oil painting and dance with heat and color. Two, winged hippies started getting eaten by giant flying snakes a lot. This gave birth to the Order of Sublime oh, Dragon Slayers. Go. Aven's that would arm themselves and jump away from the safety of the floating, of the floating cities to slay dragons that would other, that otherwise stood to eat Aven's and their hanging gardens that kept the Aven's alive. They were the they were the savior of society in those years. Right after the bubble burst, the first guild that was formed was the Guild of Sublime Dragon Slayers. They were the first to travel to new cities and began the conversation that would lo- that would allow society and culture to grow. Yeah, so my idea here is that um, the world around all these cities was so beautiful, like this shifting ethereal mist that people would want to jump out and fly in it. And they were usually like very artsy, hippity-dippity people that would be the ones that would be like, we must fly with colors! And then they'd be out there <sighs> in like this beautiful living oil painting, and will just be like,
0: row, 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 eat my dragons. I, I love your use of dragons in some of these worlds. It's like, boy, Bear world, the dragon's just raising cities. <laughs> and then, it's like people like, oh, look at the beautiful colors. It's just, oh, God! It's just, it's just, I, I love your use of dragons, because it's very funny, just the picture, just people getting picked off by, like, giant sea snakes or air snakes.
1: I just love the idea of some flying Willie nelson like all high Look at the like colors, oh
0: man the world's a piece of art <laughs> and just, just never never again yeah. seen because the dragon just completely destroys them i love it uh,
1: but also yeah so these like kind of nutcases that would like jump off their worlds and then go and try to fight dragons were also the first one to find other cities and that was kind of the birth of trade in these early years after society kind of crumbled. Um, but yeah, so that's the first guild, the Guild of Sublime Dragon Slayers. <laughs> I like
0: the name, but I hate the name. <laughs> it's it's, 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 a, it's a a very like it's, it's, it's definitely be. something that would exist in like a fantasy game. Just <laughs> the Guild of the Sublime, yeah. like yeah, because yeah, you know fantasy games are now so tryhard. Everybody wants to be funny. Anyways. <laughs> I did not just break character in that second. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I like things. Um, okay, so it's my last section. Society current comes from Alexis Corvos, the daughter of Alexand- yeah, the daughter of Alexandria, and current leader of Ventarius. We are a people of science. We follow the laws of nature defined by my mother, Alexandria. We are not a people of myths, legends, and fairy tales, as those of the Ocean are. I have continued my mother's work and have found that the cataclysm that changed the world was just that, a natural disaster. It was probably meant to be the end of the world. The world was to shake and tear itself apart and its densely hot core was to spill forth. But we survived and we will continue to survive despite what those below us say. The sea monsters aren't ancient beings that were created by a water goddess in order to watch over the world. No, they are simply animals who dwelled deep below and were brought to the surface by the world ripping itself apart. They aren't bound to the Aquans due to a god. They just realized that the Aquans were the ones feeding them through their sacrifices. But naturally, let people believe what they want to believe. As long as it is not in the way of progress. I feel bad fighting them, really. We are both simply just trying to live in this world. Let's start that over, sorry. I feel bad for them, really. We are both just simply trying to live in this world. There must be a way to seek out peace, but that doesn't seem to be the case. We are just too different. I feel for the Oceanic leader, Celia. She is only doing what she believes to be right. So we clash, as me and my people are exactly like hers, following what we believe. In order to continue our way of living, we must continue to raise knights to protect ourselves as we continue to explore the land. This land doesn't belong to one group, so we will not stop. This world has become one of turf wars and skirmishes against giant sea monsters being led by ocean men ocean men and women. The Aquans are crafty and have been fortifying their boats and laying booby traps in the water. Certain chimes are used to call monsters forth if you cross into the ocean, into certain areas and we have even seen arrow traps fly from within the water. Imagine my surprise when I saw a group of gliders taken out by spikes sent from beneath. Clever. I would love to talk to them and figure out how they do these things, but they still will not hear us out. Celia Waterstorm specifically forbids communications with us, the great evil, while anyone captured is taken in as a prisoner. We have had to run rescue missions, not all of them have been successful, but despite that, we still try. It is my goal to strive in this world, not just survive, and those of Ventarius agree with me. Some of the knights take it a bit far, wanting to conquer the world. But I think one day it will be possible to live in harmony. The council and I strictly forbid stealing the Aquan's treasures and destroying their temples. But the Sky Knights do as they please, thinking their bravado is for the glory of Ventarius. I do not seek the Aquan land for my own, but I wish to be allowed to access their supplies in order for our people to continue to survive. We can work together. We can offer our technology to help make their sailing easier. They would not lose people to storms with us. If there wasn't a law against talking to us, we would have found a compromise long time ago. So as far as conquering, I forbid it, but we protect our people. The Aquans seem to be a generally peaceful people. They were turned violent due to the state of the world. They seek to live in harmony with the ocean so naturally, when the monsters from below rose to the surface, they sought to tame them. They are mostly nomadic, still moving their bases across the oceans as days go by. This makes it hard for us to track them down, especially when rescuing our own comrades. They are a deeply religious people, believing that their lives belong to the ocean. They still release half of the fish they catch as a sign of gratitude to their goddess, and toss clothes, gems, and even portions of their cooked food down to the bottom of the sea. One of their rituals, told to us from those who have been captured, was to create a giant feast and drop it to the ocean through a trap door. This was to show their goddess what they could do with what they were given. From what I can tell, they have no written language or history, but it is drawn and kept in designs on their boats, their clothing, and their skin. They spread their history through word-of-mouth stories, and they are truly a unique people. I hate to fight them, but they are... But they bring war to our doorstep. Despite the calamity down below, we live each day to protect what we have and seek a future of harmony with the Aquans. And that is my last part.
1: I I like that. I, I so I, I like in that.
0: writing this, I didn't want this to basically become the tale of the founding of America. Is oh hey, we found this land, we're gonna take this as our own. I wanted to at least. The leaders have the intentions of, no, we want to share this land, while there are some who are like, nope, we need to conquer this because we're better than them. So I I wanted to have that, like, (laughs) fact that the people down below are not considered, well, only considered to some as savages, but they are considered to be a unique and special people that they do want to find some sense of peace and harmony. Like, they believe that they can work together to create a land, not just, oh, look at these ocean savages. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, i mean i didn't I think want that just sense. to become that because i'm not about that type of world so
1: <laughs> well i mean i feel like that doesn't always stop you just because you're not about that type of world does not always stop you from writing that hey, type
0: man. of world <laughs> i know exactly what you're like referring to but you know whatever
1: i feel like i'm referring to a lot of your words jordan i'm not <laughs> uh, I thought you were specific. specifically referring to
0: robot world with the um allusion to slavery
1: Oh, because you did. Stop it! We're not hashing robot. this. Go
0: listen to the episode. We're not hashing this argument.
1: Yeah, the one where I
0: you did. Let's didn't go on. You've robots. done it in other worlds, anyways.
1: I just said that. Ro- I just said that I don't believe robotic anyways, sentience is possible. But that's world, okay.
0: Cody. We're not having this argument for the 50th time. All right.
1: Time. This is Avens in present day. The original architects of ethereal society were clever. They knew that they needed to plan for hundreds of years in the future and a guaranteed decay in technology. The cities have not changed much, but they have a more natural look to them now. As parts deteriorated, they were replaced with versions that could be made from simpler materials. Society is now a dualistic situation of living in a constant reminder of what society was before the bubble burst, but never being able to reach it. It never left or faded or became a religious metaphor. The ethereal cities have the goal that they strive for, to achieve the same social maturity that once allowed them to survive an apocalypse. However, society did move backwards. Guilds are now the main social structure. The first guild was the Guild of Sublime Dragon Slayers. These knightly avens have been keeping the ethereal cities safe from the ever-evolving dragons for generations. Dragons at this point have grown to the size of whales. They live, in the lo- in, they live in the lava, and their breath causes the air to combust. The Slayers no longer simply flap simple wings. They now use arrow sails to keep...
0: Yeah, they don't because you stole that for me.
1: They now use arrow ships and cannons to bring down dragons. These wooden vessels are the pinnacle of current technology. The next guild was the Guild of Trade. Although not strictly needed, the exchange of food, and more importantly eventually technology, was the main drive for the Guild of Trade. Trade arrow vessels were usually well-armed against pirates and dragons, and they forged the routes through the ether that eventually united the various cities back into one civilization. The guilds of agriculture and smithing, public works, were all important facets of society, providing job training and knowledge retention for necessary skills. But the newest guild and the most exciting and potentially dangerous are the lava rakers. These daredevils want to harness the power of the surface. Molten raw materials and a constant supply of heat and steam, as well as potential more space, make the lava worker the lava rakers work very dangerous but also important. It's dangerous to go down to a lake of molten iron and try to harvest it to bring back up to the cities. And it's also extremely likely that you'll get eaten by a dragon. (laughs) But new raw materials have meant rapid advancement in technology. So basically what's happening now is a attempted rapid return to like modern technology. But they just definitely, after a few generations, they just don't have the raw materials, right? Like processing metals is no longer really feasible for the most part which is why the lava rakers are so important. I decided
0: my world just say F it to all of that. So yeah, they get (laughs) supplies somehow. They figure it out. Um,
1: So like these cities that were built, were built with the idea that they could be sustained on very like low production resources. So that way they could stay afloat for a long time. That's a fortunate thing, but it means that people are aware of, Oh, Hey, like 300 years ago, we were way past where we are now. Um, The influx of guilds is that a kind of, I don't want to say worse necessarily, but a, like, we don't exactly have guilds anymore, like, protected and secret societies that found around certain types of knowledge. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, stonemasons aren't a guild anymore, it's like a trade that you could like, anyone can go to school for and learn, but... In this society, guilds are like their power comes from their understanding of these certain really necessary things. So like dragon slayers are important because people need dragon slayers and (laughs) they hold the knowledge of how to slay dragons well. And the same thing is true for trade and for all the other guilds that I mentioned, right? So the newest one are these people that are going and getting... An abundance of resources that are on the planet's surface, they're just in liquid form, which, when it comes to something like iron, is not ideal when you're harvesting it. <laughs> you know, it makes shaping it really easy, but getting it's hard. Okay, so here is my last section Somewhere Under the Surface. Five dragons sit curled on glowing stone thrones. Speech is new, primitive, and harsh. An acid, green, and blue dragon speaks. Scavenging is no longer enough. The five clans must unite. The Avens must die. The Great Dragon War has just begun. And well and well.
0: That was super metal, dude. That was yeah. super metal. Yeah, a little bit. I love it.
1: It, sh- it should look like a, a painkiller, or no, not a painkiller, a Judas Priest. Yeah, album. dude, that was super metal. I love it.
0: Is that it? <laughs> also, yes, the yes, dragons are nice waging section. war now.
1: Yeah that that's like society current is there's a giant dragon war that's about to happen. Dude, that's...
0: Okay, I think you just threw that in because you knew I would love it.
1: Um, no, I kept trying to decide like, what would happen if the dragons became sentient and wanted power, you know? It becomes Skyrim, that's what happens.
0: (laughs) it's true i'm not lying to you that's literally
1: yeah this was one of those things where originally my world had like no antagonist and no troubles really it was just gonna kind of be like a oh you know it's just this thing and then um i i made dragons and then i was like well what if the dragons could talk and then i was like ooh, (laughs) secret council of murder dragons
0: you 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 just stole from skyrim that's what that means
1: it doesn't mean I stole yes. from Skyrim. These dragons are very different. Yeah, they're, they, they're they are poisonous magic.
0: flying snakes and not magical dragons that, you know, Hoga. I, I get it. Yeah, you stole from Skyrim.
1: Yeah, obviously very different. Yeah,
0: Syndient dragons will always be the same. Looking at you, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Sorry, The Hobbit. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, there's really not dragons in Lord yeah, of the, that's, the Rings. Yeah, that's why really. I had to say... The Hobbit, because that's what I was thinking of. But um, yeah, no, that's our episode. We kind of had a couple of rough readings through this. <laughs> Welcome back, yeah, man.
1: I feel like we we take a few it's weeks hard off, to get and back. I get a it's lot. It's very worse hard at this. to get
0: back into like the recording. Yeah. Like I was all over the place today, as you know, from me constantly like happy to stop and tell you that I hated you. Um,
1: well, and fortunately, audience, you won't notice any of that because Jordan's great at editing and has infinite free time.
0: I don't have infinite free time. But I am very good at editing. I will take. I will take one of those. Okay, so I just rolled for the new world, and I don't like it. What'd you roll? I please rolled a world where God's okay no, with no, it. No, no, I, I like that world. But no, 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 no. I roll number nine, a very cute world. Yeah. I don't do cute. Yeah, I literally don't I'm do so cute. Excited. I do worlds where God hates you. I don't do cute.
1: Yeah, man, you are
0: a really edgy
1: sixteen-year-old man. I'm a really
0: edgy twenty-eight-year-old dude.
1: You're like once. Are you
0: twenty-eight? Yes. Oh yeah. By the way, my birthday was a few weeks ago. Oh, well, <laughs> happy birthday,
1: Mandy! Just turned. Mandy yeah, just turned Yeah, I'm older than her so like two
0: by like two weeks.
1: I'm I'm dating an older. Or I'm not dating. I'm married to an older woman now. You know, for like. Five months out of the year.
0: I did an older one. She's older by um three weeks, and she rubs it in around this type of time of years. Like, oh, well, you get my age. It's like, you are three weeks older than I am.
1: Oh, Mandy gets mad when I bring it up. She, oh, no. She's Mel's, not Mel a fan
0: brings it up because she wants to hurt my feelings. <laughs> but anyway, so we're doing a very cute world. I don't know what that means.
1: Well, Jordan, let me tell you, don't make it where the floor's lava, because that's what I'm doing. <laughs> All my
0: dragons have big googly eyes. (laughs) Gosh, I'm gonna. I have ideas, but then it just turns into Pokemon. (laughs) It's like, oh, cute animals all over the place. Let's collect them all. It's like, dang it! I got, See, I have the same problem, but it just always ends up getting sexy. God, <laughs> I hate, I hate that you turn everything sexy. It makes me so bad.
1: Okay, Jordan, but I'm not even kidding. Look at the latest iteration of Pokemon. I don't know why they're making all these dude, movies. like dude, what? third evolution Pokemon. Dude, it's what just like, the
0: heck? Or some, but what if they sexy? Well, thought, like,
1: what if they're okay, not? You, wait, wait, hold like, on. Remember, they just used to be a hold dragon. On, you, said
0: you just played Sun and Moon, right? Like not too long ago.
1: Um.
0: You know yeah, that there's like I a lizard one that only evolves. It's only the female evolves. and it turns into like this weirdly like sexual lizard of like, no. And you know what? I had it on my team. And you sometimes have to pet them in order to make them happy. And they, like, she does like this look. I'm like, no, I can't pet you. I literally can't pet you or feed you. I just have to throw you out and animal fight you because I can't deal with this weird, like, whatever you got going on. It's weird.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Out of the original 150 Pokemon. None of them Pokemon, were sexy. Which one was? The- <laughs> None Mom? of them were
0: sexy. Mm, jinx. Jinx was <laughs> not sexy. No, no, honestly Jinx was super racist. It's not it wasn't actually not supposed to be racist by the way. It's
1: just cuz it wasn't yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, yes, they be... did just
0: make a blonde blackface character. Yes. But I'm, okay, before we end this show, I'm just sending you the picture of that Pokémon I was talking about. It's like I can't. I'm not allowed to play Pokémon because this is weird. But anyways, uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Thank you for listening to this train wreck of a return. It was a really Oh, no. Oh! Salazar. Oh, no, those it's, hips. It's, it's it's called Salazar, I think. S-A-L-A-Z-A-R. Oh no, Salazzle. S-A-L-A-Z-Z-L-E. So if you want to look it up and see what I'm talking about, please do. It might be the picture for the episode this week because that's real. Yeah, make sure make sure you do it in cognito, yeah, you know, though, because you're gonna get some. You're weird gonna get stuff. some it's like typing in your name and the hedgehog after it. It gets weird. Don't ever do that. Wait. Oh my gosh! No, oh, real quick, what? Jordan. Did I ever tell you about the time, dude? We have to. The show. I
1: no, oh. Jordan. What, Jordan? I found out a person named Cody who's about the same We're age putting as a me, space on and that. who
0: does you just said huh? your last name on our show. We're putting a space on that
1: one. Oops, uh, a person named Cody uh, I was just uh, who bleep looks it a lot. You didn't
0: have to do that.
1: <laughs> who looks a lot like me and is about the same age as me did a very sung uh a very sexy country ballad called wearing nothing (laughs) or no maybe it's just called nothing but it's about taking all your clothes off and uh that was not the song i was looking for but then i saw that song and i was like oh oh no nothing on that's what it's called nothing on i'm gonna send this song to you
0: jordan just no, listen I okay, to Cody, to me. End the show. Stop being a dick. Um, okay, so okay, Cody, I'm done. I'm done. where can saying. we find you at? Please plug.
1: Wandering Gamer Network. We're uploading YouTube videos again of Let's Plays. And we do actual plays of RPGs. Lately, it's been Outlaws Wanted, which is a homebrew powered by the there apocalypse. Go. <laughs> I forgot I, the name I of the system. Waiting. And um, we're going to do a holiday special for Star Wars based on Life oh, Day. It's going to be a that's good time. really
0: cool. I'm really glad to hear it. You don't sound I, like I you actually do, think this cool. insincere, sincere stuff. Um, okay, you can find me at something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv. I stream sometimes. Um, I'm gonna try to do a couple of winter streams, and that's that. Um, I'm also coming out with a new podcast in a eh, probably a few weeks, so look out for that. I will probably premiere the f- first pilot episode on the World Shop Network. Well, World, sorry, the World Shop stream, so you'll see it pop up. But yeah, that'll be coming out soon. I'm excited for it. I'll give more details in the following weeks. But yeah, check it out. I'm coming out with some new stuff. Anywho, thank you all for listening. This was a train wreck of an episode. But you guys got an hour and a half, so. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll catch you all on the flip side. Bye.
1: Bye.